0: And so gracious God, may your word for us bring us light and hope, we pray. Amen, amen. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Also the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Or the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Whatever version of John 1 you're reading, this one verse, verse 14, gives us plenty to ponder on. This opening section of John's Gospel constitutes one of the most theologically influential and significant passages of Scripture. It introduces Jesus to us as the Messiah, as the only Son of the Father, and as the incarnation of the Word that was with God before all things, and through which all things, including life itself, came into being. As Jesus of Nazareth God comes to us in a human being made of flesh and blood, part of the created order with all the conditions of human frailty. And as Jesus of Nazareth, the word becomes part of the people of Israel, whose story we read throughout our Bibles and is now brought to its climactic moment. And having suffered death, this same Jesus nevertheless lives with God, as the Incarnate Word, Jesus brought and continues to bring life and light to the world. Now if none of that makes any sense to you this morning, know that you're not alone. But part of what we're being invited to grasp here at the beginning of John's Gospel is that this is big. Jesus being born, coming to live amongst us is big news. This is world-changing, history-shaping, unfathomably significant news. Now, I'm not at all wanting to rush us to Christmas this morning. Indeed, I'm a bit of a purist who thinks that Christmas begins on Christmas Day and that the tree should only go up on Christmas Eve and everything before that is the season of Advent. But I can't persuade the people I live with about that, never mind have any hope of persuading you of the same. So I'm not wanting to rush us into Christmas. I don't plan to reflect significantly on Jesus coming to live as one of us this morning. But I am seeking to draw our collective attention to what we learn about Jesus, even here right at the beginning of John's Gospel. And I'm inviting us to think about what difference that may make for us to ask ourselves, as we do with any passage of scripture, what kind of God and so what? In Jesus, we get our clearest glimpse into the heart and mind of God. In his life and ministry, we see grace and truth in action and in abundance. Grace is mentioned here in verse 14 and is mentioned twice more in this chapter, in verse 16 and then in verse 17. Grace and truth also reflects a pairing that we often see together in the Old Testament, which often reads as God's steadfast love and faithfulness. This has been translated in various ways through the centuries, including kindness and faithfulness, mercy and truth, mercy and righteousness, compassion and truth. But John's choice of the word grace here almost certainly demonstrates to us uh, the way in which grace has become an increasingly important word and way of talking about the good news of Jesus Christ for the Christian community as they seek to work out what it means to be Jesus' disciples. And John's declaration that Jesus is full of grace and truth may well reflect what we read elsewhere about God being abundant in steadfast love and faithfulness, such as in Exodus 34. John seems to emphasise particularly the abundance, the full measure of God's grace that is found in Jesus. It's in the Word made flesh that there is one grace after another, or grace abounding, or grace in place of grace, however you want to phrase or understand it. The fullness of divine blessing comes to us in Christ. He brings us an abundance of water and spirit and bread and wine and light and life. The people had seen the blessings of God before this moment, but God pours them out most fully in Jesus Christ. And this is at the heart of it. You see, just as the word isn't an abstract principle, but a person, the gospel is not primarily a set of theological propositions, but it's the account of Jesus of Nazareth, his work, his words, and their life-giving, life-changing power. It's the story of what he said and did, and how those around him responded to him, And that's what unfolds in the chapters and verses that follow in John's version of the Jesus story of this extraordinary meeting of heaven and earth. If we read on in John's Gospel, Jesus shows us what being full of grace and truth means in practice. We see an abundance of wine at the wedding feast in Cana. We see an openness to sitting and talking with others shunned by the world. We see the lame walking, the blind given sight, people brought back to life. We see it most clearly when Jesus lays down his life for us and in his sending of the Holy Spirit to bring us life and to guide us in all that comes our way. To talk of grace, especially in John's Gospel, is to talk of God's generosity. This is not a God who counts our allowance of blessings or our earned rewards. Jesus showed us a God who is in the business of bringing life where there is death and light where there is darkness. Jesus shows us God's steadfast commitment to bringing freedom and forgiveness, a new way of seeing and a new way of being seen. The word we have translated for us as truth in verse 14 of John 1 has a root meaning of reliability, the emphasis here is on God being reliable in words and in actions. It also has an implication of telling us what really is, that Jesus Christ is real and is the reality that defines all else. God can be depended upon, God is reliable and truthful and Jesus embodies the truth about God. And this should always make the Gospels our starting point when we want to figure out what to do or how to make sense of something in relation to our faith. More than Moses, more than Paul, more than any of the prophets in between or the significant people who have come after, no one shows us more of the truth about God than Jesus does. And you know, friends, I think it is tempting to talk about grace and truth as if they are two opposing things that Jesus wonderfully manages to hold together. But I'm not sure that's the point. Far from being at different ends of a spectrum, grace and truth are intimately woven and connected together. You know, I think any sense of grace and truth uh, and any sense they might be pulling apart or in different directions is to entirely misread the passage And this is shown up so well in the other translations we have of it, where it talks about God's unfailing love and faithfulness. It's much easier to see the connectedness with that translation. Faithfulness and steadfastness are an integral part of demonstrating unfailing love. The two have to come together. Any attempt to wrestle grace and truth apart or pit them against one another is misguided and unhelpful. I think sometimes that stems from conversations inside the church where one group will say that they're holding fast to the truth, that they have the truth, they won't water down the truth etc even though seldom is anyone asking them to. And another group will talk about the importance of always being gracious, always being loving and kind and, but potentially taking that to a place where nothing really matters or anything goes even though seldom does that bring life or joy to anyone No, we must refuse as disciples of Jesus, of the one who is full of grace and truth, full of unfailing love and steadfastness. We must refuse to separate the two because they are both found in abundance in Jesus. And it's in him that we see most clearly the glory of God and the way for you and me to go. God's grace is the truth that sets us free. God's truth is that there is always sufficient grace for us. The gracious constancy of God is the foundation on which so much else is built. We can take risks and step out with faith and confidence into new areas of mission and ministry because we know that God is with us and God is guiding us and God will always be there. We can seek to live with open hearts and open hands, just as Jesus did, sharing that same generosity of spirit with those we meet. We can think and pray and learn together, knowing that there is always more to learn and that God is more capable of helping us start again and start afresh whenever we get it wrong. We can offer love and kindness and sanctuary to anyone and everyone in the knowledge that God's grace is for them too. You see friends grace changes everything. Friends I want you to know to the very depth of your being this morning that God's grace is enough for you. That there's nothing you've said or done, nothing you've neglected to say or do. No mistake, no error, no event, no sin that puts you beyond God's love. Instead, God's grace will extend to wherever you happen to be in this moment because you are there. And God's grace will show you the way home into the arms of God. And friends, I want you to know this morning that we have lots of God's truth to share with the world. Love without justice is fake news, but it can never be offered or shared or called out without God's grace. The truths of our faith without the grace of our Lord is no gospel at all. And finally, friends, I want you to know that one of the challenges of following the one who is full of grace and truth is to keep committing to learning together what it means to make that a reality in your life and mine. What does it mean to live like people full of God's kindness and faithfulness? What is pleasing to the Spirit in this moment? What might God ask of you in this next week, in the next 24 hours, that might require you to dig a bit deeper for God's grace, God's kindness, God's truth, God's steadfastness? What can you show others? How can you show others how much God loves them and how much grace God has to extend over them? Is there something in the people that you're going to meet in the next 24 hours that you're able to share? I hope so. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we come to you knowing that you are the one who is full of grace and truth. You are full of God's kindness and steadfastness, full of faithfulness and unfailing love. Lord would you help us to receive that afresh today, to know that we're people who follow one who loves us in that unfailing way and who always has enough grace to help us recover from wherever we find ourselves. But Lord may we be also people who share that graciousness and that truth with the world around us. Lord would you help us to have your eyes to see the people that we're going to meet in the next week and may you help us to grasp every opportunity to allow people to see your goodness and your grace and your truth for themselves, we pray. Amen.